Hey everyone, this is Ksenia Muntan and welcome to another episode of People of Marketing podcast. I'm the founder and CEO of Planable, the collaboration tool for social media teams, and I launched this podcast to take a sneak peek into the lives of top marketers that inspire me. Every week, we explore the story of their careers, choices, mistakes, wins, and imperfections of their work life. Our guest today is Dave Smith, a senior brand manager and MBA graduate whose career thus far has focused on building both alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverage brands. Dave has had almost a decade of experience in brand strategy and experiential marketing, working for global companies such as Coca-Cola and Heineken, amplifying iconic brands such as Powerade, Dos Equis, Strongbow, Hardsiders, and Amstel Light. Dave, thank you so much for joining me today on People of Marketing Podcast. I'm very, very excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. So let's start, as always, with uh, diving deep into your uh, journey, looking back at your career, and trying to connect the dots. My favorite question to kick off our conversations at People of Marketing Podcast is by asking you, um, what was your first interaction with marketing that you remember? What do you think got you into marketing in the first place? Well, I think it's really two things. Um, the first is, is that I grew up in a very brand loyal household. Um, I can remember <laughs> my first trip to the grocery store in college. I called my mother and I realized that, you know, the whole time that she was not purchasing private label products <laughs> and <laughs> that the brand name products cost more. And on the college student budget, you know, um, I saw the difference immediately. Um, so it, it hit me, you know, that, that I realized that I uh, identified these certain brands of being a certain quality of what I'm getting. And then obviously, you know, love commercials, jingles. I was just telling somebody, I feel like my generation, um, I was born in 84, you know, my generation, we really have, you know, some of the best cartoons and things of that nature. So just a lot of earworms and things that stuck with you. Yeah, I, I think that very well connects with my own start in, in marketing. That's the first things you experience when you grow up, the, the commercials, the TV commercials, the brands and the connection, the emotional connection that you develop with them. And then uh, later on in your own professional career, start to develop, to learn how those connections were actually built. And I guess the curiosity of how those connections are built is one of the things that a lot of people go into, into this industry, actually, to try and, and build something similar, right? For sure. It's almost like, you know, once you get into brand marketing, you get a, a sneak peek, right? Mm. Um and then the deeper you go, the more you almost become like a stagehand, you know, director, like you really see like how all these things unfold. Um, and, and, and I guess to just extend that metaphor, I, I tell my wife all the time, it's like, I can't look at a commercial now without wondering what was the insight behind that? You know, like, why did they do that? You know, because yes, it's funny, but I know that there was something beyond the laugh <laughs> that they got from me. Yeah, good point. I see that you actually studied uh, business administration, right? And with the focus on finance. And yeah, uh, yeah and your, your start in the career world was also in the, in the banking industry, right? With Bank of America. So, that is correct. Yeah, so how did you pivot? What happened out there? How did you make that decision to 
switch industries basically it's interesting um when i started when i graduated um finance was the thing to do um especially for, for my school uh, morehouse college um you know it is one of those grounds that um different companies come to recruit um uh, black Americans for, you know, black students for their different roles that they have um, in finance and various other industries. Um, so it just made sense. I was trying to align myself to get a job. That's everyone's aspiration after school. Um, so getting into Bank of America, it was really, you know, aligned with my interest at that time, which was frankly being employed, right? <laughs> trying yeah. to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, fast forward, I want to say about three years into my time at Bank of America, you just kind of feel um, like my creativity was waning, you know, mm. uh, something that I would always identify with myself, you know, being a creative person, um, finding the joy in the simple things. And I just felt like, you know, my life was such about um, the numbers and I tried to figure out ways to inject more creativity into my life. So whether it was, you know, joining um, the affinity group um, and then realizing, hey, you know, I can work as a part of the communications board for the affinity group, you know, and then you realize, okay, so that involves interviewing people and talking and expanding my network, which led me to um, start blogging. When that was a thing, you know, and just kind of diving deep on topics that were interesting to me and my friends. Um, and once again, all that feeding my creativity. Uh, and I would say the biggest pivot was um, when uh, my college roommate, one of his frat brothers, told me about an organization called MLT or Management Leadership for Tomorrow. And Management Leadership of Tomorrow, um, I'll forever be grateful. Um, and what they did was they, they facilitated kind of that that pivot. Um, they built the bridge with me, if you will, you know, from being someone who worked at a bank and had a degree in finance to brand management. Um, and the easiest way to describe it um, is it takes uh, Black, Hispanic, Native American um, stu uh, people who have graduated, had time in the workforce, and it's uh, MBA prep. And that's kind of how I started. So it's almost business school before business school. I had to take my GMAT. I had to write essays about what I aspired to do after business school. Um, and all of that culminated in me being accepted into that program. And then from there, I went from February of 2010 um, until until when I began business school at Indiana Kelly School of Business in August 2011. And that, you know, that was what got me from just saying I wanted to be a brand manager to putting me in the business school seat to truly like get the knowledge to then become a brand manager. Got it. So what's interesting about this transition that you went through is that you, you started as an, as an intern at Bank of America, and then you had a few other positions and, and you grew in your career there. And then when you decided to make that transition to marketing, um, you know, being in a completely new and different industry, you had to almost start from scratch, right? Uh, you yeah. joined Miller Coors as, a, as an intern. So you, you took, you know, you, you had something there in the, in the uh, finance industry, in the banking industry, and then you wanted something else for yourself. You wanted creativity in your life. You felt like you were supposed to be doing something else with your career, so much so that you decided to start from, from zero. How, how did that feel? Weren't you terrified? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, um, I, I tell people, you know, the application process was one of the most introspective things that I had to go through. Um, and because when you, you know, and this is what MLT helped me with, you realize that 
what you're doing is you are presenting yourself to be a piece of a larger work of art, right? And that work of art is class of 2013 for me, right? Like, and all of these pieces are being put together to hopefully help everyone get the most out of their class experience. That being said, <laughs> you have to present yourself succinctly in this little packet of information, you know, and it is stressful. Um, and it is very stressful. Um, you find yourself wondering, um, you know, I don't even say doubting yourself, just more so wondering truly how to make the best impression. Um, but what I realized and, and what, once again, what MLT helped me to do is it's, it's nothing to worry about because, you know, one, you're not really starting over, you know, and that's why I call it a bridge because I think yeah. that, um, well, you know, someone who, um, any, someone who, who pursues an advanced degree always has to rely on transferable skills, right? You have to go from at least that bachelor's to something else. Um, and then for me, what I was really building on was, you know, broadening my business acumen. You know, I had been at Bank of America in that role and, you know, NBA not only gave me the opportunity to pursue a passion, but it gave me the opportunity to kind of just literally build um, the tool belt, if you will, you know, one of those corporate American metaphors, you know, like build the things that, that I could say and that I could comprehend uh, that would make me an asset to the team. So absolutely um, a bit of a bit of fear, but, you know, <laughs> it was also a, bit, a, a lot of excitement about the possibilities. That's such a good answer. So digging a bit deeper into, into this subject, um, I'm curious, you know, if you had um if you admired anyone in marketing back then anyone in brand marketing back then did you have someone as an inspiration or as a role model either a person or maybe a company that you think was doing really great marketing and you were you were following and you were getting your inspiration uh from them potentially absolutely um so um i always say uh his name is tj abrams um, and he's currently uh, head of global marketing brand at IHG, um, working, at, uh, working specifically on the Holiday Inn brand. Uh, but when I met him, he was, I want to say he was still in business school. Um, and he was my first practical introduction to not only brand management, but, you know, you know the brand. Yeah. I lived in Atlanta at the time, so he worked at Coca-Cola, you know, so like it all was so clear when I saw his role and what he did and when he told me about what he did. He, and he was the first person that I can, you know, vividly remember speaking on the phone and like asking those base level questions of like, so what's the difference between brand and advertising agency? Mm -hmm. What's that? You know, like really just these base level questions. And from there. You know, he's been there throughout my career. Obviously, you know, um, we'll get into it, but you know, my, my, my career started um, at, at Coca-Cola and I never expected that. You know, for me, that was something to aspire to. Um, and it ended up coming very, very early in my career. Um, so all that being so, all that being said, you know, once I got there, I really was able to look to him and take little nuggets of advice and see how someone, you know, build their career not only for, for themselves, but also when you think about your reputation in an organization, you know, he, he was able to do all of that and then pivot, you know, and he's still doing great things where he is now. So um, I say role models are great, but it's nothing greater than um, almost like a very practical role model, but like you can see the steps in front yeah. of you. It wasn't really something, you know, um, so it's been great. Yeah, that 100%. So I think this, this actually takes me a little bit to my next question of, you know, we've all had this very seemingly insignificant events uh, that happened to us. 
And they seem insignificant at that point in time, but they actually go on and change our lives and become like a milestone uh, when we look back. Uh, did you have anything like that? What's, what's yours insignificant event? It, it's hard because I think that everything is significant, but I would say something small, right? Some, something yeah. that, um, and I would say was um, almost a dotted line to me. My grandmother was a librarian. And I would say that small thing, right, her occupation led her to, you know, be a firm believer in the power of education yeah. and, and development. And then she passed that on to me. And, you know, as, a, as an older person, you know, right, way beyond kind of like when her, you know, when she literally taught me how to read, right? Like the first person I remember sitting me down and talking to a book with me. All of these small nuggets of learning how to go, go seek you know, go seek and find your knowledge, right? Or knowing that the power that comes behind that is start small, but then, you know, fast forward, right? To, to the business school. I wasn't, that wasn't something that I had to fear because I know, well, there's only one way to go, you know, <laughs> to, to be better is to go find it, go educate yourself. So she really set me up to be able to um, learn. And, and at the end of the day, you know, it's so powerful when you can humble yourself and know what you don't know so that you can acquire that knowledge. Yeah, that's, that's a great advice. Um, let's talk a bit about how you got started in, in your career, because you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, the way you got at Coca-Cola was very surprising. Uh, yeah. So I want to talk about this, how you got started in your career. What were the steps that got you where you are today? Oh, um, so I think if anything, the biggest word uh, or the biggest uh, thing is persistence. Um, so when I graduated from business school in May 2013, um, I did not have any jobs lined up at, the, at that point in time. Uh, the only thing that I knew definitively was where I wanted to live, which is at a point was Chicago, Illinois. So um, I was living there, uh, staying with, with a cousin, uh, with a family member, you know, thankfully, right? And I was able to literally from May 2013 to November 13, countless interviews and yeah. countless no's <laughs> countless interviews um and countless scenarios of um literally having to go from um a very small pool of, of companies right that i wanted to work for to you know i really just would like to work for a company and um, have the title, you know, associate brand manager. Like I just, you know, I have the qualifications, like I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. Um, so all that said, that led me to uh, National Black MBA, which um, at that point in time was, you know, you knew that that was an opportunity for you to go be at a conference, all the prompt companies were there and you were able to be go and essentially have uh, three or four days of just interviews and networking. So when that came, I knew that I was going to network with Coca-Cola. And that ended up, you know, going great, ended up getting final Skype interview, um, and I did not get it. So <laughs> at that point, I was like, okay, like, so what is going to happen? But the great part was it was for Coca-Cola Houston and Coca-Cola Houston actually referred me to Coca-Cola New York. Amazing. At the time, right. Which at the time was Glasso. Um, and the Glasso office had vitamin water, NOS, 
Smart Water and Powerade, which is the brand that I ended up being on. Um, so all that being said, the persistence of going through the process, the persistence of kind of really digging in, trying to figure out, you know, what happened with the interview at Houston, um, actually reaching out to, to one of the directors that I interviewed with. And I don't know if that did it right or if it was already <laughs> going to be uh, going to happen. But all that being said, kind of putting in the work and, you know, hoping um, not only hoping, but, you know, putting in the work for things to kind of come together, you know, really using both of your hands, if you will. Um, yeah. So that would say like that was how I got into brand management. And that was, wow, 20. You know, I started that role in January 2014. Um, so it seems like such a long time ago. But I would say the great part is um, that so much has happened since then. Um, and there is a lot more to come as well. Yes, true. Um, I'm curious if Coca-Cola was on like your wish list of companies to work for when you were interviewing. Was it like your top company uh, to join? Oh, it was a dream. You know, it, it's, um, you know, I, I think that when you, when you start a process, and this is something that I told myself when I started the business school process, like, don't sell yourself short, like reach. <laughs> literally for the, the top the top of the rung um and coca-cola was there you know so when i say that i aspire to it is just because you know i lived in atlanta once again um and knowing not only the presence that it has in atlanta but the presence that it has globally um it's just a marketer's dream so to be able to get that early on in a career um and then have the opportunity to almost immediately work on um coca-cola had um, had or have, um, I don't know for certain if they still do, a uh, relationship with the NCAA. Um, so at that time, I immediately began working on Powerade. And I was planning for not only the Final Four, but the first year I was there, Powerade was on the sideline for the World Cup. So almost immediately, it was, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be and more. You know, an, an immediate level of all the work was worth it because look at all the opportunities I have uh, in front of me uh, to not only learn, but to enjoy, you know, the perks of working for, for, for such a, a big company like that. And this is really great. I can imagine the excitement of joining such an I iconic and legendary company as, as Coca-Cola. Um, but let's talk a bit about uh, your time at Heineken, also such an amazing company, uh, such a world-class brand. Let's talk a bit about what it means to be a senior brand manager and how, how did your day look like? Uh, what was your responsibilities there? The first thing you were doing in the morning, the first thing you were doing at the office or you know, checking your phone, uh, what does it actually mean to be a senior brand manager uh, at such a big company? Absolutely. Um, well, one, is, you know, it's a vast role, right? You kind of have your hands in a bit of everything. But to, but to answer your question pointedly, I think the first thing you do when you get in the morning for me is um, sit down and take a breather. I actually was a commuter at the time. Uh, for those who are familiar with New York, I would go from Brooklyn all the way to White Plains, um, which is about an hour and a half commute. Um, so, so I was already on my computer for that commute <laughs> uptown, um, to the place of business. So, so by this point I have sorted through all the emails, touched on the top things to handle for the day, um, and, and walked into the office kind of at a point where I was, you know, ready to 
take advantage of something that I think that we all miss, right? Which is the quick check-in, right? Like walking by that person who you just shot that email to, where you're able to like follow up and give color to something, um, or just be able to kind of strengthen those relationships and, uh, and kind of push things along with not necessarily the hassle that comes with the formality sometimes of, you know, the email and meetings. Yeah, that sounds very good. Um, let's talk a bit about what you wish you knew when you were just starting out in your career. I think that's such an interesting question for our audience. I think, you know, looking back and, and giving yourself advice uh, is such a, a good introspection move. And I, I'd like to know what advice would you give to someone just starting out in this world of brands? Well, um, it's a... It's an important question because yeah. hindsight is so important. And, and I would like to think that, that w- when you provide somebody with um, advice, that you're giving them the best advice. <laughs> so so, so mm-hmm. I don't say this lightly when I say that the biggest thing I would want to get people starting off in marketing is that there is no art without science. Um, and to state it more plainly, um, data-driven insights are imperative to everything that you do. Um, in brand marketing. I think that, you know, it's important to have an eye for creative, but as someone once told me um, in business school, um, plainly, you are not a creative. (laughs) And and it took me a while to understand what they meant, you know, as someone who literally identified as a creative person. But once again, that comes with uh, the the naive nature of somebody who's trying to learn. Um, But basically what he meant was, you know, you are not being paid to provide this service. You're being you're being paid to assess, right? To give your opinion um, and to add it to another pile um, of components that add to a broader strategy, right? Um, Whereas that creative that's providing you that information is doing it solely, um, yes, they're using context, but more so for them, it's like, no, 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 this piece goes right here. And I'm gonna tell you why this piece goes right here. But all that being said, none of those pieces should go anywhere um, without, understanding why you know so whether that's working with your cmi team or being you know sharp on your nielsen or iri data just being able to tell a story with the data um you know experience and and gut are important but they come after the experience of making decisions um rooted in data and being able to you know take those key actions to get results yeah that's such such a great great answer and you know, no art without science. That's just, it It really sticks in your mind. Uh, a great way to give out advices. So Dave, I wanted to ask you on this line of questions, um, you know, you, you were trying to develop in yourself all those skills very early on. You're trying to understand that uh, you're, you, you're not a creative and you need to be more than a creative and that part of the world, you know, the analytics and data is so important and talking about habits and, and skills, what did you struggle the most to develop in yourself? And what's something that you are trying to improve currently? Mm. Um, well, we've already talked about the data because I will say that um, both organizations that I've been at, um, Coca-Cola and Heineken, while, you know, world-class organizations and they do have training, you know, the the moments when I entered into the organization, they were uh, very much um, kind of get in and figure out yourself, right? So I had to kind of get acclimated um, by getting thrown into the pool and learning how to swim, if you will. 
Um, so I conquered that. And I would say another skill or that uh, is very important that it's figuring out um, is navigating an organization. And, yeah. and what I mean by that um, is and something more practical that you can assign to navigating an organization is don't make assumptions about intention. Um, you know, and that, and I would say that goes for not only the people that you're working with, but even your consumer, right? Like, like really don't make assumptions, really take stock of what's going on, uh, formulate a strategy and, and really act and execute. So whether that's, you know, just speaking to how you navigate an organization and getting a project out the door, right? Which is ultimately going to affect the consumer or whether you, how you navigate an organization to get the visibility, um, to show that you are competent, right? And that you're adding value to a team because all of those things are very important. Yeah, so we talked about creativity and we talked about uh, data. And I want to ask you, you know, if you would have to describe uh, a brand manager, a great brand mm. manager in, in three words and three attributes, what would that be? What, what's, oh. those, what's those words, what's those skills or attributes what does it take to be a great uh, brand manager besides right. creativity and data? Yeah. So, so what you're saying is, and I want to get this right because I like exercises like this. You need one more word, creativity, <laughs> data, or you need three additional words? Three, ad three additional words, please. <laughs> okay. All right. I got you. Okay. So the first word I would say is resourceful. Mm, that's a good one. Why? Um, resourceful because everything that you need exists. And what I mean by that, um, as I said, going back to the data, I'm not pulling a strategy out the ether, right? I'm not, I, I, everything that I had had a step that led to it. Um, I had a meeting with operations. I met with my agency this morning. Uh, I know what POS I want to execute. Finance has told me how much money I have in my budget. Like I, you can go back, right, and have everything at your fingertips, but now it could cause you a problem trying to search and find all these things at one time, yeah. i.e. being resourceful, knowing how to save files, knowing how to have the right people on speed dial, knowing that, you know, you have the rapport with someone to go ask them that question that you've asked 50 times, but they like you, right? So it's okay, <laughs> you know, like, like really being resourceful and understanding how to get things done. This is word one. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. And then the second two? The second two, um, the second one would be um, analytical. Analytical, analytical yeah. Yeah, there, there is no, like I said, there's no art without science. So, um, so resourceful, analytical, and then the last one I would use would be clever. Clever, yeah, very good ones. Um, okay, so uh, my last question before we wrap up where, uh, with our uh, rapid fire question is a very controversial question, but it, it usually gives me some of the best, uh, <laughs> some of the best answers uh, as, as it is in life with controversial stuff. Um, so, you know, what's one belief or, or buzzword that is trending today in the world of, of marketing, advertising, or in the world of brands that you think is massively overrated or that you disagree with and, and you know something that's annoying you a, a buzzword in um in our marketing world today 
it's not necessarily a buzzword, but it's an action. Mm. Um, and specifically, I think what irks me are brands that co-op language from cultures that they oh. don't directly contribute to or positively target all because they think that it's cool. Hmm. When in actuality, it's just making them look inauthentic, fake, you know, and, and people see right through it. So whether it's, you know, their Twitter language, right, or, or you know, being specific, talking to branding, we you know, the copy that they're using yeah. and just like the language or the images. Um, and it's like you're literally doing this just to sell. Um, yeah. And granted, I would say I do feel as though we've moved to a good point where, you know, cause marketing has now melded closer to just regular marketing, i.e. like consumers want to know that while I'm purchasing something that I'm also doing good, right? Like I'm feeling good and I'm doing good at the same time. But, you know, there are still brands out there who, um, unfortunately, the, the bottom line is all about the bottom line, right? So you got to do what you got to do to get people to pay attention to you. Oh, this is such a great answer. And I think it's just so time relevant as well. Um, you know, with coronavirus today, um, you see so, so many companies that uh, use the opportunity of what's happening today uh, without, you know, being very authentic and genuine the way they speak. Mm. So I think this answer is such a great one at this point in time. Um, so moving on to the rapid fire questions, I have okay. four questions for you. Quick questions, quick answers. Are you ready, yeah. Dave? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, if you wouldn't be doing what you're doing today, um, you know, being in the brand marketing space, what else would you do? I would be an author. An author, yes, going An back author. to your uh, blogging uh, period, yes. right? <laughs> so I would say author slash artist, however you can get that in there. I would, um, you know, I would lean into the creative side a bit more. Um, I always find myself looking at my agency counterparts with a bit of, not jealousy, but just, you know, admiration, right? Like, I, <laughs> I like that life, right? I like the freedom um, of kind of uh, grabbing onto your ideas. So, yeah, author and artist, something along those lines. Got it. Um, what's your favorite uh, app or tool that you've used at work? You know, I was listening to some of your other episodes and one of your guests stood out to me. He liked the really practical apps. Like I am an Excel. I will put anything in Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I will yes. communicate into any topic via Excel spreadsheet. So I would say Excel slash Google Sheets or Google Drive, just um, that medium of the, of the sales and the spreadsheets, um, I became very efficient at that. Yes, good answer. Uh, what's your favorite social media network or maybe the, you know, the most addictive one, the one you spend most of time? Uh, Instagram, for sure. Instagram, yes. And worst advice you've ever received? Um, it's something totally unrelated to brand marketing, and it is Skip season two of The Wire. I don't know if you're familiar with the television <laughs> yes, show The I Wire, <laughs> uh, but I was told to watch season two. I just sent me to skip season two, and I actually just finished my binge of all five seasons, and I can say that was the worst advice. You need to look at them all. <laughs> I love this. Such a great answer. Um, this is an amazing way to wrap up our conversation, Dave. <laughs> um, thank you so much for just taking the time to share your story. I think, you know, sharing stories like yours is extremely important 
positive stories like yours is extremely important right now we're going through such a strange period of time and just this type of uh, journeys and, and stories such as yours just bring a bit of positivity in our life and i really enjoyed chatting with you so thank you so much for taking the time to do this thank you so much i enjoyed our chat um and i wish you well in this crazy time <laughs> thank you and uh, for everyone else uh, you know listening in thank you guys for joining and don't forget we have new episodes every wednesday uh, subscribe to people for marketing on your favorite podcast app and keep rocking